Hello there, chummers, and welcome back to the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast, a Shadowrun 4th Edition actual play podcast. In episode 22, the team sends Deandra out on errands, eats muffins, buys a sidecar, and meets the creep Mr. Johnson. Oh, and there is a meeting with a very special fan club. As always, featuring Veronica as Cecile, Beth as Grace, a.k.a. Nightingale, Kat as Deandra, and Val as Ollie, a.k.a. Boxer. I'm really happy that you are joining us on this journey and hope you enjoy it. If you do, please tell your friends and leave us a positive review. We are available on most podcast services, YouTube, iTunes, etc. You can also find a link to our Discord server in the podcast description and on the YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you, and we share a lot of in-game pay data there as well such as maps, intros, fluff, and character stories. As I'm sure runners of your caliber already know, there is a lot of excellent Shadowrun content available on The Matrix. Podcasts that inspired me to start this show, podcasts that reminded me of my love for Shadowrun, and podcasts that I find aspirational. I'm going to start promoting some of these shows at the beginning of this show, in an effort to give back and hopefully help you discover some of the great work other content creators have and are putting out there. This episode's promo goes out to another new Shadowrun podcast, a show with a flavor all its own, taking place on the mean and unforgiving streets of the New York Metroplex. Please meet the Pride Against Prejudice podcast. New York, 2072. Megacorps rule over everything from their gilded skyrakers, crushing everyone underfoot. Meanwhile, the metahuman population is squeezed between the corpse and the human supremacist polyclubs, until it boils over with the bombing of the metahumanity pride parade. You know what that means, right, Chummer? It's time to take pride against prejudice. Join a team of Shadowrunners thrown together by circumstance, trying to make a living in the cracks of the sprawl as they find out who was behind the bombing and put a stop to the mastermind behind it and their plans, once and for all. Welcome to Pride Against Prejudice, a Shadowrun 4th edition actual play podcast. Thank you again, chummers. Don't forget, watch your back, conserve your ammo, Panther assault cannons are not toys, and never, ever make a deal with the dragon. There's a long fight over what to order for breakfast. They're specifically being their cousins. They're her fangirls. How she has fangirls? I have no fucking clue. Knowledge washing clothes. <laughs> Nightingale expresses her frustration and that she's not being properly respected as a savior. That's a spell?
All right. When you come out, you see that uh, <clears throat> Boxer set up a, uh, a hollow projector on the table, a device you recognize from your university days. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nightingale, the horse, is, has turned her back on the proceedings, is, I think, uh, resting on one of the uh, the mattresses, but has obviously, very obviously turned her back on the thing. And Ice and Boxer and Dindare are looking at the hollow projector. <clears throat> and just as you come out, and see this, George Van Housen's head in live action 3D. So, Cecile, make a composure check. I was just about to roll it whether or not you called for it. You choke back the bile and nausea and suppress the flinch. You are, after all, with hardened criminals and you don't want to show weakness, so... Cecile leaves the apartment and goes somewhere. <clears throat> Deander, are you going to stop Cecile from leaving? I stop Cecile from going down the stairs. Cecile looks at you confused. Do you need a place to go? We can go sit down in the sitting room downstairs, but you're not going anywhere without me. You would put six feet under in this neighborhood, at least on your own. Well, what does Deander look like right now? Like, can I tell if she's tired or injured or anything? I don't think Deander's tired. So no stun? Oh, I have, uh, I have some stun. About half my stun. Right, so, like everybody else, a little bit worse for the wear, but she's not, uh, yeah, she doesn't strike me as the kind of person that gets tired easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stun is what I mean. Um, hmm, you know what, Cecile goes back inside and just lies down on the bed. There are no beds, there are just mattresses strategically located in various corners. She doesn't some care. privacy screens around them. So she just sort of huffs and goes back to the mattress. Basically. Find yourself a mattress as far away from everybody else as possible. She's not in the mood to deal with whatever the hell Deandra's doing. Keep you, keep it, you're not in the mood for me to keep you alive? Okay. Right now? No. <laughs> Cecile would rather be dead. Cecile wishes her head had blown up. Not quite that bad. She's just like, I don't, this is terrible. Everything sucks. <clears throat> Cecile, you notice there's a also a weird smell. In the what kind of very, smell? It smells musty, like, like wet animal. Uh, you look at the horse. Oh, am I smelling? Can I tell that I'm smelling the horse? I don't know. I don't know if ponies... Because there are two furry animals that are wet. Can I tell that it's like wet animal smell? Yeah, it smells like... Uh, you definitely smelled wet animal before. Great. Okay. Are there windows? There are windows. Cecile opens some of the windows. Um, they are very, very, very sketchy. Um, so... Hi. Give us a uh, an agility check. Agility check? <laughs> no modifiers? Uh, in agility and logic. You know what? That's that's better. Thank you. <laughs> it's not zero. Yeah, you managed to get the. Uh, you're struggling with the uh, the latch on the window, and, and it's been painted over, and it finally crustily comes undone, and and the window sort of you know you put all your weight behind it, and the window. Barely inches open, an inch or two. Good enough. Cecile walks back to her mattress. What is that smell? What animal? Uh, it's. I don't think it's any of you. It's just a smell. <laughs> or it. It might be you in a. Once you take a shower, you know. Oh, I see paracausal smells. That makes a lot of sense. Traff. Traff. What? It could be ice. It is ice. All right. So, you guys have seen the for the replay of the footage and. Uh, you distinctly hear George Van Housen just before he dies yelling the words Warehouse Alliance twice. Mm. 
Zeal remembers that clearly, but, you know. Nobody asked her. Nobody asked. Literally nobody asked. God damn, Cecile, nobody asked. <laughs> That's so mean. I, I do think DeAndre, like, goes to the kitchenette and pulls Zoikav, Camp Zoikav out and, like, cracks it open and says, I do think we should lay off this for a day or two, you know, because we're trying not to get uh, too involved, I guess. It's not good for the brain to keep yourself up like that. Well, I says, he looks over at Cecile and the matches. She's a Decker, right? Somewhat. What can we find out about this Warehouse Alliance thing? I mean, we've we've done, we've finished the job for Prokop, right? He asked us to find out from George Van Housen what he knew about the rest of my team and just specifically about it. And if I remember right, <clears throat> he said that rigor mortis had been taken. He hadn't told us where, but then he's yelling this thing about Warehouse Alliance. It's got to mean something, right? Yeah. Are pillows? What? Are there pillows? Like on the mattresses? Uh, yeah. Multiple or just the one? And, there are a couple of pillows on each mattress and a, and, a, and you know, a really thin blanket or sheet. Cecile throws a pillow at ice and closes whatever privacy screen there is. Uh, what was that about? I just thought it would angry. be good for her to be, uh, you know, get take her mind off something and, and do something useful. That's not the kind of mood she's in. She's not that kind of person when she gets angry. Ice... There are two kinds of detectives in a pool. We have saying, either warehouse fever, or you just take the shakes. You got warehouse fever. Cecile has the shakes. I'm writing that down for my book. I love just, the little sense that made. Just give it a rest for a day or two. How about that? Yeah, for a minute, it looks like Ice is going to argue, and then he just says, all right, nobody else is grabbing the shower I'm grabbing. Enjoy. And he stalks off. Are now it's Ice's be- turn to go sulk in the shower for half an hour. Are you gonna roll Ice's edge to see if he still gets hot water? No, there's no hot water. It's between not gonna be hot water left for the week. <clears throat> between the uh, the dish, the laundry washing, and Cecile, there's no hot water left, unless you boil some on the stove. All right, so what do we want to do with the next uh, day or two? You guys want to? Uh, how much of it do you want to role play? How much of it do you want to hand wave? Cecile's asleep, or if she's not asleep, she's not moving. I think by the second day, Deandre would have kind of gone in to attempt to help Cecile somewhat. Oh, Cecile's not sleeping for two days. She's just sleeping until tomorrow. Yeah, I, I understand. But, like, if Cecile doesn't get up the next day, I think DeAndre would probably come and talk to her. Is, uh, after Ice gets out of the shower, is, uh, anybody else gonna go ahead and clean up? Uh, Boxer is. Uh, is there shampoo in there? Otherwise, she's, uh, she's gonna have a bad time. Uh... Also, the bottle of shampoo is disappearing when she's touched. <laughs> I think Deandre bought a bottle or two of shampoo. When yeah, she, well, like, one of those things is disappearing. Not a chance. So everybody's cleaned up, had a shower, had a bunch of. What scent was it? Was the shampoo? I, there, there needs to be a table for that. Um, just, call, just say something. Coconut. I don't know. I, I think she got like the. What is it? Uh, lavender scent, probably. Boxer smells very conspicuously of lavender. She doesn't hey. appear to be happy with the fact. Hey, hey, Ollie, you smell great. Uh, I'm glad you see. I'm going nuts. <laughs> so everybody's had a chance to uh, eat, sleep, shower. So everybody gets to regain your edge and uh, heal up any stun that you. Mm-hmm. 
can Boxer... Let's see if Boxer has actual medical skills. The seal is still slightly damaged, though. Yeah, Boxer's fairly wounded, which is why I'm starting. Right. Let's see if Boxer has actual medical skills, or if she's just the first aid girl. Because in the other iteration, I did. Yep, she does. She does actually have some legitimate medicine skill. So, uh, alright. Any of you with mm, longer-lasting wounds that are still around despite uh, the horse's healing or my first aid, I do have some medical skills I picked up while working. I can offer care. Alright, this is not exactly the optimal environment, but... Mm, so, Boxer's gonna treat anyone who loves her. Except for the horse, she doesn't know the physiology of the horse. We can take the horse to a vet, if need be. <laughs> no, the veterinarian wouldn't have a better time with it than you would. She can't heal herself, but she can help the others. So, Ice has two boxes of physical, so he's gonna roll his body. Why, well, why don't you roll your your medicals? So you got one hit, so we'll say that's for Ice. Uh, don't forget the healing modifiers table. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I only vaguely remember, but this is a suboptimal environment. Do you have medical supplies? Yes. Well, it's average indoors. Do you so. have a med kit? Yes. What's the rating of the med kit? It's either five or four. It's the second best. It's five. Okay, She's so serious you, about this stuff. So you've got five extra dice there and minus two for being in poor conditions. So you get three extra dice. Sweet. Boom. So you got four hits, and Ice is going to roll his body times two. Minus two, or? Times two. No, minus two. Patient is a magician, adductor, technomancer. So that would actually be a, a negative modifier to boxers. Uh, also, patient has implants, minus one for two points. So Ice doesn't have any of those, but he is an adept. So it's minus two. So Boxer, you actually only had plus one dice on your roll. What are the modifiers if the person is of a uh, exotic species? Like a, what do you call it? She can't treat them. them. Period. Yeah. She does not know their physiology. She cannot treat them. So, oh, well, he's good. Wow. That is uh, remarkable. Ice is probably <laughs> <Yeah>. feeling great. <laughs> yes, you patch up Ice, stitch up some wounds, you know, and use your tweezers to pull out a couple of bone fragments. Doing our best to keep it sterile. Uh, probably, mm, no, no anesthesia. She'd, um, yeah, she'd do her best to keep it sterile, and she'd give him some basic instructions on how to uh, care for the wounds after. Yeah, and he just sort of nods, and you get the impression that he's pretty familiar with how this works. Probably not the first time. Is Cecile wounded? Cecile was injured too. The question is, did you notice? Mm, everyone is in the flash. She's going to check everyone. Okay. Deal will allow you to check her once you... But it's... She has two boxes of physical damage. All right. And so... We'll spend the whole day resting, because... What are our modifiers here? So there's the minus two from the five, three, season made. So that's minus how much? Well, that's healing modifiers, not for the test. Oh, I guess I'll just keep the three. Mm. So she gets plus one dice. Um which counteracts the penalty from being indoors. Seal is rolling two dice to heal. Hey, she healed one point of physical damage. That's how that works, right? Okay, I guess I should make my... Uh... Yeah, it says applies appropriate situational modifiers. 
Yeah, and I can- I'm gonna treat you too if you let me. I don't think she and would let Boxer treat her. You're aware that I'm trained and experienced, including operating on elves? Yes, but I'll be fine. Right. I think I just rolled body plus body at the end of the day. Yes. That gets my two boxes of physical damage back, so... I won't operate on you, but I want you to keep your wounds clean. I will provide an appropriate sterilizing agent, bind the wounds, you know, rest. I'll be fine. Do you apply wound modifiers to the roll? Yep. The hill? On the roll to heal specifically? Healing has wound modifiers to actually heal. To actually heal, no, but for healing, yes. Okay, thank you. For the medicine skill. Guess I should roll for myself now. So if you're badly injured, you know, you're you're not doing as good a job. You're having a harder time healing. Oh, I need to do that too, I guess. What? Uh, it doesn't let me do the modifier. Oh, you can apply the medicine skill to your own. Oh, yeah. I knew I should have put an extra point of medicine. Last time I was like, oh, I won't need it. That's a really good skill to have. Yeah. I was thinking of having Boxer be a uh, combat medic initially. Gosh, I shouldn't have gone so hard into the roleplay, putting skills and money into roleplay aspects. Oh, don't worry. My next character is going to be stupid, but very fun. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. I love how Veronica's already playing her next character. No, I'm I'm really invested in Cecile. It's just, you know. Shatter on. You gotta be prepared. Especially when you're a squishy little mage girl. Alright, so the next morning rolls around and it's the weather outside's pretty bad. It's raining hard and the rain is mixed with soot and ash and you can see the windows just sort of got this black grimy smear flowing across it and it's cold. Um, but you all feel wake up feeling a little bit better and rested. Um, even Cecile feels a little bit better having had a chance to sleep. Aren't we going to meet up with our Johnson the day of the meet with, you know, Van Housen? Guess we have to get to him. He's probably blowing up our comm links. Has he been texting us? I think D&D probably would have not even thought about him. Were you going to meet him the same day? No, I don't think we were. I don't think you had set up a meet yet because you were waiting to get the, the voice. I think we were. We said something along the lines of it will talk to you very soon after the meet, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I would say that uh, probably, uh, I wonder who's, who's calm do you have? Is it boxers or dinders? It's, I think I gave him mine. Yeah, you probably have a, uh, a couple of messages on there from, from him. And you can tell from his voice, you know, he's, now that he's got some distance from things, he's, you know, got his, his fake tough boy swagger back on and he's, you know, asking about, you know, status updates and you know, stuff like that. Get back to me, ASAP kind of stuff. Uh, I think the, I think Dean Dare would send him like, uh, and then not send him anything else. It'd be like, have, have recording, uh, will deliver tomorrow, ran into trouble, don't message me for the next, I'll message you, stuff like that. But like in a very terse form. Okay. Yep. He... He goes silent after that. So I imagine you guys all sitting sort of around the uh, the table. It's fairly early in the morning since you guys are all early risers and uh, Dinder and uh, Ice at least have a cup of soy calf in front of them. Theo is probably going to leave to go get breakfast somewhere else. Uh, Dinder stops the seal again. What is your problem? I'm trying to get you, not get you strung up by ants. Lady, I can fly. And? We're only supposed to have one person in the 
So, if the rest of you would rather not have a gun, have a gunfight with ancient the elves. Do you really think they want to have magic or guns? I don't care. I want to get a muffin. I'll get you one. Tell me what you want. I have to just order it myself? You know what? Fine. I'll just have it delivered. Whatever. Can I have some cookie? Asks a very tired looking, like bags under her eyes, and I think from whatever, wherever she decided to lay down. Yes, but one of you is paying me back for me. So Cecile's going to order Shadowrun's equivalent of DoorDash. All right. You, uh... Um, you, to your horror, you see that the uh, the available selection in your area is extremely limited. Like uh, raisins? Not the, even the selection of muffins, just the selection of places that you can even order from. Um, and the prices for ordering from, like, some place where with actual options is pretty exorbitant? Yeah, actually, it's not that bad since, you know, people here are making their money off the hustle economy. Uh-huh. And so you you actually there's there are plenty of available dashers. It's places to dash to that's the problem. How much would it cost for her to just be like get something from a, an actually good place that's farther away? Um, nobody's gonna do it. Nobody's gonna come into Terraslar. You can order within Terraslar, but you're not getting anybody to to come in from outside. Ugh, Deandra. Yes. There's no place to order here. This place sucks. It's Terraslaw. Some elven culture. Taken? If we were in Karasir, my dear, I'd love to treat you. But we're in Terraslaw, Seattle. What did you expect? Sure. In either case, I'm leaving to go get some muffins and apparently cookies. Um, Box, you want anything? You know what? I'll have cookies too, and I'm covering the loss. Okay, great. Um, I'll be back in like... How long would it take for Cecile to get to some kind of cookie place nearby that has half-decent reviews? I don't think Deander's going to let you go. I'm not. I'm still standing in front of the stairs. Will you be satisfied if I go with her? If anyone is seen entering or exiting this building that isn't an elf by an ancient, they're going to come and shoot the place up. Wait, so they don't, like, change things either? Not unless you're an elf. Lovely. Worse than Go-Gangers, I think. Because even the Go-Gangers let one or two slide. <sighs> Speaking of Go-Gangers, I recently saw Go-Go-Go-Ganger, and I was like, it is <laughs> Gotta love that. Go-Go-Go. At that point, I think Ice is going to try and be helpful, too, and he's going to say, Cecile, come over to have a seat for a second, and let's, let's just chat. I think we need to explain the situation. I think we haven't been... We haven't made everything clear to you. An exhausted what situation do you need hubs, to explain? Climbs out of bed, goes over to the couch, climbs up, and cuddles up next to Boxer. Boxer's wrapping her, putting her arm over her, just gonna pet her. I says we're in, we're in hiding, Cecile. Um, Dinder's friends are putting us up, but we are not gonna endanger them or you know risk their hospitality by by going against their rules, their ground rules for staying here. We're only gonna be here for a day or two, then we'll be moving on. And, Things will be getting back to normal. For just a day or two, Cecile, we need to hang out here for your safety, for our safety, for our host's safety. Cecile rubs her temples and goes, Indra can get the muffins if she wants, but I will kill someone if I don't get a muffin. Nice chuckles and look at Deander, looks at Deander. Say stuff like that, Cecile. Cecile sends you the address and, like, her exact order in annoying and frustrating detail. Ice keep anyone from leaving 
I'll be back. Will do. Where is the uh, the place that you want your muffins from, Cecile? Oh, I just look for places with half-decent reviews. Do you want to uh, order them from uh, Olga's tea kitchen, tea room again? I would normally, but I mean, they're a little far away. I was going to order someplace more local. <clears throat> well, you're not really finding anything in Puyallup that's Oh, no, it's not in standards. but you know, it's closer. Yeah, so you're probably... Olga's is probably, in Tacoma, is probably one of the closer ones. Mm. I hate to say it. Mm. This is true. Does Olga's even do takeout? I remember if they do. Hmm. Whatever. Olga's does pastries. They can probably just give Dandara, like, a paper bag. Sure. I bet they do. There's no reason they wouldn't. Cecile sends Deandra to Olga's. I think Deandra, like, walks down the stairs for a second and then pops back up. Anyone else? Here, if I'm going all the way to, if I'm going all the way to Tacoma, what do we want for dinner? Anything with real meat. You need real meat in your cookies? Not in my. Please. Unless I want chunks of Van Halen in my cookies. Stop. You wretches of all. Listen, Brazil. I know you're upset. I know you're stressed. But please. Please stop, stop being so mean to us. We saved your life. Thank you. The seal gives you a quizzical look, like she doesn't understand what you're talking about. Nightingale, like... I assume fish is fine, right? It's alright. Okay. And then Deandre walks down the stairs to go and ask Afi if she wants anything. Yeah, since you're going out, um, let me place an order with you. You can pick up Give me your grocery list. Yeah, exactly. She hands you a slip of paper with a whole bunch of stuff written on it. How am I supposed to get all this back here without a sidecar? She shrugs. I don't know. You're the one who asked. She rummages around. She she hands you a big rucksack. Looks like a probably 20th century army offcast. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to look and see how much a sidecar is. <laughs> and Deidre just might go buy a sidecar for her bike. Sure. Why not? She has the money for that. Probably. Damn. Vehicles. Uh, and what's the availability of it? Ah, yeah, it's, I'm just gonna turn up to some random car shop and be like, do you have a sidecar available? I'm just imagining Deandra like driving in circles looking for a car lot. Probably. Like it's been 20 minutes and she hasn't even started going to Olga's. She probably hit Olga's last, to be honest. Because she's got a lot of stuff to do. <clears throat> Adding a sidecar raises the motorcycle's body by plus three, but reduces both its acceleration and speed by 20%, as well as reducing handling by one. It's a, it's a, a 1,500 new yen for a sidecar. So I think DNJ would just go ahead and grab a sidecar. Oh my god. She'll stop by the, the motorcycle dealership and get a sidecar installed. And Meanwhile, everybody's waiting for a muffin, tapping their finger. It's been like two hours and Cecile is just yelling at Deandra. Actually, Nightingale may be fucking yelling at Deandra. probably be on the way back. Just, uh, everyone point. is yelling at Deandra like, where's our fucking food? No, it's not about the food. Nightingale everybody is except for us. with Cecile's, what you call it, lack of gratitude, I suppose. She's kind of a, like, it, it's really eating at her. And she feels terrible. And Cecile is just unpleasant to be around. Wow. We're all just unpleasant people living in an unpleasant world, okay? 
Nightingale. Nightingale's literally, very nice, but she's literally not from this world. <laughs> this is true. This turned into Shatterrun Roommate Simulator real quickly. I would not want Cecile as a roommate. I would not want Boxer as a roommate. Oh my god. Actually, it depends. I mean, I don't know. Boxer could be fun. You know what? Cecile keeps to herself and she keeps things clean, okay? Boxer's the type to come back drunk and possibly covered in blood. So maybe not the best roommate. I I'm could just saying, Cecile could be... You could do a whole lot worse than Cecile as a roommate. Oh, yeah. If, if the worst that you have to say about your roommate is that you don't really care for them interpersonally, that's a pretty good roommate. Cecile would, would, is one of those people who would probably get a roommate agreement written up and then the letter. Like, exactly. She's not that contract-oriented. She gives up those vibes. I don't quite blame her. Only one strange thing happens um, while you're at, at Olga's tea house waiting for your coffee. You... Uh, you hear some whispering behind you, and you you turn around, and there are three or four people sitting at a table who are suspiciously similarly clad to you, and uh, are sort of looking at you while trying to not look at you. And uh, they've even put on makeup to to sort of imitate your glamour. I think Deandre is a very blunt person. I think she would legitimately just walk up to people and like legitimately just be like cross her arms while staring directly at them, wait for them to talk. <clears throat> they, uh, they studiously avoid your gaze while also blushing furiously. Make a perception. I think is good at that. Uh, perception. Not really. Bad. Um, I think I'm gonna spin my edge on this. I, I'm gonna edge to reroll. Deandre's to... invested in this. I, I am invested in finding out if these people are going to tail me the whole time or not. You, at first glance, you know, they look like elves who are just have dressed like you and, and painted themselves to look like you. But on a closer look, you realize that they're they're elf imitators. Those aren't real elf ears. Posers, gosh, gremlins. And uh, they're studiously ignoring your gaze while, while furiously blushing at the same time and uh, <clears throat> looking very awkwardly at each other. Deandre says something severe, like, a little bit insulting and, like, warning to these posers. And then she's like, And if you're planning on following me around, don't follow me into places that you could get shot, please. They, uh, they sort of are still not looking you in the face, and at the same time, they're, they're sort of nodding their acknowledgement really hurriedly, and they're saying, they're just, one, of them, one of the girls just babbles out, <clears throat> We just love the way you look. That's all. We didn't mean any offense. Hmm. Oh my god, I'm trying to imagine this, but someone trying to dress up as an Asian, but getting it wrong in all these subtle and offensive ways. Oof. You're so, you're so amazing. We wish you could look like you. You don't wish you could look like me. Hold on, I want to clarify. So, they're not just elf posers. They're green elf posers? They're specifically Dean Dare posers. They're her fangirls. How she has fangirls, I have no fucking clue. How? That's amazing. She has how? If Why? you saw a great elf, wouldn't you be a little interested? Yeah, but I wouldn't become a fangirl. I wouldn't even Are become a fangirl boxer. <clears throat> you should, you should, we have an association. You should come speak to us. It would be amazing. Everybody would be so grateful. We would be so honored. You should ask them to pay for the privilege. They just... I think Deandre just stands there, like, her eye twitching. 
for like a solid minute. It's a long time. She just waits for them to talk, to spill anything else before she does anything. They ask you what your name is <laughs> in worshipful tones. Can we get you, can we get you a coffee? Can we get you a muffin, anything? Chocolate chip. <laughs> Don't follow me around. And if you want something, ask. And I think D'Andre would um, like immediately turn around and walk up, grab her stuff at the counter and leave like a puff of smoke. You hear them excitedly jabbering at each other at the table. That's the that's the most interesting thing that happens to you. You, you get the uh, the sidecar, the, the dealership's done with your sidecar in no time. It's easy to, to bolt on and the transaction is completed and uh, you're back on your way to uh, Terraslar. Terraslar, groceries, muffins, soy calf, food, everything. Ugh, it's a pain in my ass. How long has it been? Uh, that took a good hour. Okay, only an hour. I think DeAndre would, like, roll in. Fastest vehicle modification on the planet. Exactly. Sidecar in in tow, I guess. She'd haul the bag. The bag Fan club in tow? No, no fan club. Hopefully not fan club. I legitimately told those posers to stay away from me. Or, like, don't follow me around. I don't seem like the type to respect boundaries. Well, if they show up here... Oh, the difficulties of being a dryad. It's bad. It's cursed. People are stupid. Because I do think Deandre comes up with, like, bags of groceries under her arm and a box of, uh, muffins in one hand and, like, drops the box off the table and immediately reaches in and pulls out one of the... She did... She doubled, uh... She doubled, uh, Cecile's order and she's eating the other... Double the other part, I guess. She's eating whatever Cecile had. So you, as you guys are sitting down having your breakfast, whether you're enjoying it or not, some of you might be. Um, Dean, there you get a uh, you get an incoming calm call f- from Procop. Deandre lets it ring for a second, but then answers it. Deandre, it's Procop. Um, so we've had some time to analyze the footage. Could you uh, can you put me on speaker so that I can speak to the group? I imagine sure. everybody's with you. She does the whole thing where she, like, puts the phone down on the table and, like, presses the speaker and then just doesn't say anything. Okay, so, good morning, everybody. I hope you had a restful evening. Yes, quite. Okay. Moxer and Grace. Ali and Grace are luxuriating in the delicious taste of chalky chip. Seal is eating her muffins? Uh, Deandre is eating the exact same muffins as Seal is eating. <laughs> the same one? Mm-hmm. As in she got, like, a second cup, a second version. Oh, okay. Seal is eating hers with utensils. Deandre is eating with her hands. Boxer is side-eyeing Cecile as she does this disgrace to muffins. Now, are you sure that Cecile's eating with utensils? Because when you went over to the kitchen and looked around, there was sort of a sink and dish rack and a very sad collection of utensils. If she's not doing it with utensils, she cast like a Force 1 magic fingers so she could eat it with that. Oh, that would be so awkward. You want me to cast that spell now? Yep. Am I going to have to make a test afterward to actually eat it? Well, yes, yes. It does have reduced agility, doesn't it? <laughs> I just want to make sure. Since we're rolling all sorts of weird tests here tonight, why stop? Gonna say yes. This is so. <clears throat> this is yes. Okay. Boop 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 boop. 
I'm gonna cast it at force three. Gosh darn. She is playing with her own health for the sake of I... eating muffin without using her fingers. They have wrappers for a reason. <laughs> oh, uh, Deandre is eating it from the top without touching the wrapper. Oh, a one? That's, that's very sad. Deandre is just like peeling bits of muffin out with her finger and shoving it in her mouth. Well, she takes a point of drain and only got one point, so... This muffin is, is fighting you. <laughs> <laughs> Did she break the muffin? <clears throat> well, it's crumbling rather disconcertingly, and Ice is sipping his coffee, sort of giving you giving Cecile a side eye while pretending not to watch. Well, also, it, to, to them, it would probably just look like the muffin just crumbling for no reason. But Nightingale can tell what's happening. Is she letting Boxer in on this? I think she, uh, she may, yeah. Okay, so if it doesn't work after, like, a minute, Cecile's just gonna eat it with her hands. She's hungry. Ice demonstratively raises the pinky on his right hand as he sips from his coffee. <laughs> so the the uh, comlink's sitting in the middle of the table when it's been set to a speakerphone. <clears throat> and uh, Prokop says, <clears throat> his thickly accented, Russian-accented voice, which I'm not gonna try to imitate. So, it seems like, uh... Our interrogation of George Van Housen was less than successful. Well, we have a few leads to follow up on. We know that, what's his name, Rigor Bordis is alive, probably in custody, and also that there's something called Warehouse Alliance. Yes, um, which is something, Cecile, that uh, I'm going to ask you to look into for us. If I must. It seems it's our main lead. I'm not sure what the connection is to rigor mortis, but uh, I've uh, spent the day smoothing things over with Knight Errant um, to make sure that they understood that uh, it wasn't you who had, uh, well, caused the demise of the person that they knew as Jim Ansel. Jim Ansel was, after all, a uh, fairly ranking member of their training academy. But I was able to uh, prove to them, to some contacts that I had with him, Knight Aaron, that uh, Jim Mansell was in fact George Howes, a disgraced former Lone Star captain. So I think the uh, the attention and heat is significantly going to drop from that in- investigation. <clears throat> but in the meantime, I think uh, we should start with uh, investigating this warehouse alliance. And uh, don't you still have a job to finish for that Mr. Johnson that I set you up with? Indeed. We'll be meeting with him today, I'm sure. Okay. Um, well, that's all I have at the moment. Once you've had a chance to look into Warehouse Alliance and talk to the other Mr. Johnson, I'll get back to me and we'll figure out our next move. Indeed. All right. Stay safe out there in the shadows. <laughs> as, uh, as Prokop hangs up the call, Seal will say, you know, I should really look into my rates for uh, finding these things, shouldn't I? You can get paid pretty well. I know some people who get... Mm, well, I don't know any finders, but I do know a forger. He gets paid pretty well. Yeah, I know Prokop can afford it too. Uh, yeah, I'll just hand him a bill at the end. Do it like consulting work. But see, back when I was uh, deployed, there were two kinds of workers. There were the ones like me, who had lump sum payments, plus additions per circumstance. And then there were those who had paid by the hour. We all wanted to be the ones paid by the hour. But it was always went to the desk people, like you. Mm. So, get it, girl. 
Get paid. I have to download a time tracking program. That shouldn't be too hard. I'll just get we didn't have once. <laughs> when we didn't have certain internet access, metric access in the field, it was analog. Terrifying, I know. So, uh, Ice is looking at you guys as you're talking about this, and he looks at you, and he does, you do remember that you negotiated a uh, fixed fee for this job, right? Uh, that was for finding and capturing this Mr. Von Housen. As far as I'm concerned, that job is over. Okay. And if the job is over, where is my new yen? <laughs> we'll get it when we see him next. Next time. I mean, next time. if he doesn't, and we're feeling particularly spiteful, we do have an excellent captain. <laughs> Even I don't think I can contain ice. I'd give it a go. Right. Did you just say... She says it with a smile. You know she's not being serious. Ah. Uh-huh. Broke up, or Ice smiles too, and he says, I'm not sure that uh, Broke up would actually uh, be willing to think for me. Oh, uh, you underestimate your value, friend. No, I think that he may be right. Besides, I have other things. General, like information. The way it works is that uh, when you're working these kind of jobs, you, you sort of agree to a, co- to a flat fee. You probably are right in that if we're going to do anything further, you can negotiate another thing. I mean, sure. It's possible that I'll negotiate a flat fee for the recovery of some rigor mortis, but you know. I mean, I assume we'll meet with Prokop soon, in person, so <sighs> we can always negotiate our next um, job at that you point. You do know who is going to pay us, though. Then, baby. The creep. He is going to give us... How much was it again? I think it was a couple thousand each. Not bad. See? 2,500 each. I can still smell him. Sorry. Yeah, I can smell him. I'll arrange a meeting tonight. I'll tell you what, Cecile. I'll give you my 2,500 cut from that job to do the uh, the search on, on Warehouse Alliance. That's very generous of you. She you know what? I'll it. give you a discount Thanks. and say that that covers. In that case, guys, I think we should probably go do this. Indeed. Boxer, shall you drive? <laughs> Gladly. I have a sidecar now. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We need to set up the meat for... Well, whatever happens, I'm going down to the van to go do my thing. I'll uh, send me a text message when we're ready. Alright. Um, we should all leave at the same time, or not leave at all, so... Alright, fine. Take my sword calf with me, though. Yeah. That was the pony. I want to text Greg. I want to ask if he if he if he knows anywhere that I can get a healing potion. Yeah, I think so. It's one of my contacts. He's a talismonger. I want to text him and ask him if he has anything for ouchie ouchie, like you know, a healing potion or something. Right. What's t- uh, Greg's uh, loyalty rating? He is Greg with two G's. Uh, he has a two. All right. So it's about uh, close to eight a.m. and he picks up. Right away. What do we know about Greg? Uh, so he's like a new age mystic. Um, I think he's mundane. Yeah, he's mundane himself. Um, he finds Nightingale fascinating. That's not surprising. It. And he lives out in Snohomish. Sure. Oh, Nightingale. Oh, you're texting him. Yeah, not, she's she's texting him. She she basically says, "Hey, Grace here. Do you have any?" Anything for ouch? Question mark. All right. He texts right back. He says, "Hey, my four-legged friend, what kind of ouchie 
Is it a spiritual ouchie or a physical ouchie? Physical, like also kind of spiritual, but mostly physical. Uh, maybe we would have to test it on you first. I'm busy with work. Maybe I'll, I may have to, no. She, she just text, I'm busy with work. If you don't know, it'll work. Uh, it'll, it'll have to wait for later. Okay. She wishes him with you. good day and to be safe and, you know, peace be with you too. I mean, I would like to point out that the, the horse does also have heal. She already used it on herself. Yep. And mechanically, you would heal at the same rate as everybody else. But if you mm-hmm. wanted to have Which really isn't attention. that long, anyway. No. But she has to rest for an entire day. I guess she could just stay here people are leaving. Well, I think we've we've already sort of said that everybody got to rest for a day. That that <laughs> she only got to rest for one day, though. She didn't heal at all. Well, then you're still injured. Yep. That's why she feels like shit. Poor thing. By the way, how, how when does stun go away? How does stun go away? Oh, it's already gone. We rested yeah. and it went away. Oh, okay. Never mind. She doesn't feel as bad. The physical, yeah. You just need a full night's sleep and and some food and you're good with stun. Wow. And we've done that. Yeah, stun's an easy treat. Yeah, okay. She's fine, actually. She is fine. She probably won't even have texted Craig in that case. I didn't know that. Everybody's piling down into the van and into the motorcycle, onto the motorcycle. Mm, yep. Uh, Dindo now has a sidecar, so he'll feel more, more or less comfortable riding with her. But, uh, it's there. I'm now imagining the... The horse, horse. in the sidecar. Like, like a dog. It would certainly be interesting. So, Cecile is going to go ahead and start doing her search for Warehouse Alliance. Okay. And who's um, driving the van, then, if Grace is going to get into the sidecar? Boxer's driving. No, she's not going to get into the sidecar. That would be a terrible idea. She's just going to pile into the van. In the, the Although, dark. having her look like that, that dog in the hat just sitting out the sidecar? Priceless. She wants to do it, but also she doesn't want to have to cast a spell right now, and it would probably, you know, draw unnecessary attention. All right, so everybody else gets into the van. Ice does not even look twice at that sidecar and gets the van. <laughs> um, who's calling the Johnson? I will. I've been our liaison with the Johnson. Our Twix. Okay. So as you guys start heading out, um, you call the Johnson, and after just a ring or two, um, he answers. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Dan Dare. We're what's uh, what's the status? We have it. Let's meet up. All right. Uh, where are we gonna meet? Back at the murdered mine? No. Uh, How about um, Sloppy Joe's, the place you like? Ah, you mean Greasy Ben's? Greasy Ben's. I'm sorry, yeah. it's, the name was just so droll, I forgot it. Where you, what time you want to meet? Can mm. we coming with you? Hmm? No. Uh, 6 uh, p.m. sharp. Alright, 6 p.m. He hangs up. No, mm-hmm. I think Dean Darren, like, said as soon as she heard him respond to 6 p.m. She hung up? Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, Cecile, you're gonna make your matrix search? Mm-hmm. She's just gonna be searching and collating everything for the entire time. Alright, so you're, there's the, you know, you obviously come up with the, uh, the matrix. You find the, the, the public facing face of the company on the matrix. It's a, uh, Warehouse Alliance is a small company, uh, that, uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they provide warehouse and logistic, uh, services. 
uh, repackaging and, and stuff like that, uh, transshipping. And they, uh, they're local, they're located only in Seattle. And they have uh, a couple of locations, basically in uh, Tacoma, the docks, and in Tuyaloop, and in Auburn. Hmm. Did you find out any news stories about them or anything? Yeah, um, there are a couple of news stories. They're nothing major. You find a couple of blurbs about um, them winning contracts from um, Lone Star and Knight Errant. Um, apparently, part of the business model for Warehouse Alliance is they buy they buy the contracts for prisoners that um, Knight Errant or and or Lone Star had, um, and take those prisoners and employ them in their warehouse. Interesting. Do they have? They probably wouldn't have any public facing roster <clears throat> of the prisoners. Mm-hmm. No. Basically, they make themselves out to be sort of a almost you know philanthropic organization you know they take they take the these prisoners these criminals and miscreants and sinless people and give them jobs and train them and give them work experience so that when they when they are released that they can go and become productive members of society and warehouse alliance obviously makes a small profit by through you know providing these services these logistic services All right. and that's sort of their end Seal's going to stop there, since she thinks she's mostly it out. Can she go ahead and just save the, like, their office's location and whatnot? Yep, you can, you save the office locations and the warehouse locations. Um, you know where the, uh, you know, they have a matrix present, okay. obviously. So Seal gets up, and is Ice in the van? Yep. Ice. Uh, yes, it's you. I have good news. Alright, what is it? I believe I know where Rigor Mortis is being. Well, that was fast. Yes, indeed. I believe he's working for the company called Warehouse Alliance as one of their workers. What? Yes, apparently they uh, hire prisoners to work there. They hire prisoners? Huh. Well, that doesn't sound shady at all. Quite. Once we have finished up with all of this nonsense, I could see about talking to Prokop about some kind of matrix infiltration to firstly see if he's kept there, and then maybe I'll tag along on the mission to actually get him out. Alright, sounds good. Let's do that. And that's it. <laughs> what are you guys doing between now and 6pm? Cecile's going to check her social media. Jim is going to go make sure no one's in her apartment. At 6, you're going to be meeting the uh, Mr. Johnson who's looking for the uh, the girl, the creepy Mr. Johnson. Hey, there's a United Talismongers Association. The talismongers have a huge... Why do they get one? Have you ever tried negotiating with a talismonger? No. Coming out of California originally, the UTA is a professional association of talismongers and enchanters. They have practically cornered the market on magical supplies and services in the CFS outside of major corporations, and they've also made inroads into Seattle. So there you go. Oh, so it's not a union, it's a company. Yeah. Um, So, any other sort of activities that you guys want to do while you're waiting for 6 p.m. If no. Cecile's checking her her my feed. She's checking her magic net, I'll have you know. Okay. And her Horizon 2.0. You know, Persona. Blah, blah, blah. Chatterun. She's not logging into them, though, is she? Hmm? Is she logging into them with her own account? Um, I don't see why she wouldn't. She would probably make sure that she's turned off any... Hmm, 
Let me think. She knows these sites have tracking. Can't really turn that off. You know what? I'm gonna say she doesn't check her social media right now. Instead, she thinks to herself that she's gonna have to hack something to check her social media. Okay, and Deander, you wanted to go do a drive-by on your apartment, make sure there wasn't anybody waiting for you there? I mean, yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> been... Yeah, your your apartment's clear. Uh, you don't see any obvious signs. Um, and doesn't seem like anybody's got it staked out or there doesn't seem to be any unusual activity there. So after uh, after a bit of driving around and some other stuff, um, you guys pull up into uh, into Renton and uh, find a good spot a couple of uh, meters from uh, Greasy Bends. You guys just going to go on in? Yeah. All right, so... I think the Ender is probably already in. Like, she came way early. The, uh, the Mr. Johnson's uh, waiting in one of the booths. Um, he's wearing his... Uh, it's faux Shadowrunner get up again. You know, he's got his his glass dark glasses on and his hood sort of pulled over his eyes and he's uh but he's sort of waiting nervously and impatiently and as he sees you guys come in, he sort of breaks cover and then start and you know, sort of waves at you and then realizes that you know, a real Shadowrunner probably would quickly tucks his hand back down and act, tries to act cool as you walk up. The dog. Oh, you're gonna be the dog you're She's, she takes the form of the dog in which she attacked. The dog wheels all the hours. She gets over to like the booth first, clambers up into it, and she speaks right at him. And she says, Hey, do you have the money? He jerks back at as he looks at you as you speak and um, says, uh, oh, Frank, that's, uh, that's so disconcerting. Yes, indeed it is. I have the recording on me. Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, well, do we, do we have dinner first, or how does this work? Dinner, then business? Business, then dinner? Business. business. Oh, okay, just business. I get it. Guys are busy, sure. I'm busy, too. No, you're not. Just, you say uh, that out loud? <laughs> yes, she did. Says, well, I'm, I'm... None of us like this guy. I, I'll have you know I've got I've got plenty of things, plenty of people who would need my attention right now. I'm but, sure you uh, do. stick. Let me see the, uh, so what, what happened? Did you talk to Kimmy? No, we talked to Kimmy's chief. She joined a police academy. Kimmy joined the police academy? Come on. That doesn't sound like Kimmy. Maybe you just didn't know her very well. We have a recording from her. It would appear that she doesn't want anything to do with you. I'm sorry. But she was so nice to me. And did you ever do anything outside of her? Well, no, that, I mean, that wouldn't have been professional, right? I was, like, like her boss or something. Hmm. Or something. <laughs> well, okay, so you have a recording, you said? Yes, yeah, Cecile pulls it out and puts it in his hand. He looks at it for a moment, and then he uh, goes and uh, slots it into his comlink, and you can see his, on his glasses, there's an AR feed, and um, you can see his face sort of change as he listens to it. it sort of crumbles a little bit. Um, it's obviously not what he wanted to hear. He starts starts to raise his hand to sort of wipe his eyes, and then he remembers what's going on. Says, "Well, this isn't this isn't what we agreed to. You were you were supposed to get me in touch with Kimmy. I need to talk to her. If I can just talk to her, then she'll." Sir, understand. you are in touch. Take it from me. Sometimes you think that things are one way, but often it's life. You made a deal. You want to be a Shadowrunner? You want to be one of us? You honor your deals. And the letter of our deal was 
okay. All he wanted to know was whether or not she was alive and okay. And she's alive and okay, as far as we can tell. Now, unless you know something we don't, we can't think of any reason this isn't legitimate, okay? She doesn't want anything to do with you. I'm sorry, but our job is done, as far as we can tell. You can see he's sort of torn between crying and being mad. And finally, he's like, fine. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a couple of cred sticks and he puts them on a the table. And he's like, can't believe I spent all this money for that. Professionals are expensive. Cecile takes her cred stick. We risked our life for you, so you're going to be thankful. Look, this is an opportunity. An opportunity for you to move on. For you to learn. Oh, yeah. This is your experience with the shadows. Most people don't get that. Oh, well. All right. I'm sure there will be other interns. Let me give you a piece of advice, Mr. Johnson. Stay out of the shadows. Did he actually give us the money that we were owed? Yes. Yeah. Or for his for his sake, I hope he did. He did. <laughs> Whenever he says the thing about interns, hold on. Does, does he? He doesn't have any kind of counterspelling active, does he? No. This dude? No. He's mundane. Yeah, okay. All you're, all you're seeing is sort of this really sad and a little bit gross mundane character in front of you. So Nightingale is going to levitate. With him as the target. Oh, boy. But she confirms that she has her money, and he's suddenly encompassed in this, like, corona of blue light that even tints his vision and is, like, spirited. Let me, let me roll the focus step before I say <laughs> Evil GM left. <laughs> Fucking stop! Yeah, but uh, he suddenly raved in this, uh, like, corona of blue energy and jerked up out of the, the booth. It's not painful, but it's very disconcerting, and he has this uncomfortable feeling of weightlessness. The fluids in his body no longer controlled by gravity. The dog gets, uh, well, she doesn't get up underneath the table. She shifts um, and, like, climbs over whoever sat in next to her, and she trots with him floating in the air, probably now panicking, uh, gets to the door, it opens, and as she floats him out, gently places him on his feet, and releases the spell, and then goes, like a dog, wagging her tail and panting, back to the table. As soon as he starts floating up, he starts, he immediately loses his composure and starts squawking and flailing about. What's happening? Put me down! Help! Help! His dignity is completely gone at this point. And the patrons of, of uh, Greasy Ben's are looking at him, and some of them are chuckling, and others are laughing. And uh, at some point, some of the cops that are in there start throwing food at him. And uh, <clears throat> you get him out, and the minute his feet touch the ground, he starts running. And when you get back to the booth, you see uh, Ice has got a napkin in front of his face as he's trying to uh, contain the laughter. Cecile is not impressed. I don't like him either. But he is a client. We can't do this. We could have gotten more money off of him. In all fairness, guys, I don't think he's got a rep in the shadows that we need to worry about, says Ice. Sure, but it's a bad look. I needed that. What if he needs something five months from now and suddenly finds more things? You really want to work for him again? Not really, but I like his money. I can mm. still smell him. There are people with more money in the shadows. We have etiquette. I'm with Boxer here. That was entirely unprofessional. 
Nightingale clambers up into where she'd left, and she uh, leans up onto the table. Still, of course, in dog form, so this looks very inappropriate. Does one of the staff come over and say that that has to be a service dog? No, one of the staff does come over to take your order at that point. And uh, I says, well, if you guys are hungry, I'm, uh, I'm buying. I'll only well, take some wine. Fuck it. Why not? Hey, we really mate. celebrate our first run together, don't we? <laughs> it's we just got paid. Give a little back, huh? How much money did he give us? 0.5k each. Yep, 2,500. Let me just plug that in. Wait, so 500 or? 2,500. For each of us. Yes. Although, did, did, did Ice give me his? Yes, Ice gave you his cred stick. <laughs> Do we get karma for that? Yep, you all get five karma. Five what? karma? What? I could buy a spell. I could buy something. If I could get my chummer back, I'll have to do that, gosh. I'll have to do something, I guess. I'll have to learn how karma works. Don't know how karma works. <laughs> nope. Oh, sorry to hear. Yeah, he looks over at Grace and he says, uh, I thought it was fun and appropriate. I didn't think it was unprofessional in this case. Just don't do that with all of our Mr. Johnsons. Oh, I don't plan on it. Don't do it with Prokop. He might think it's funny, but I'm not sure if his women would. I was just frustrated. And, well, you heard him. He he is a, uh, a grade A. Um, he was as greasy and slimy as his food. Yes. Yes, exactly. I've worked with worse. Wow. Where I come from, that's not even possible. Where do you come from, Grace? Asks Ice. Oh. Ice, please don't talk don't to the dog in public. Oh, sorry. Is that bad mm. etiquette? It's bad etiquette. Nightingale promptly, like, rolls underneath the table and audibly thumps. Ice is enjoying a brisket sandwich. Cecile is enjoying her water. Cecile is going to get up and start going to the van. She has had enough of her water. <clears throat> As you get up, Ice looks at you and says, uh, you're in a hurry to get back to that safe house? I'm in a hurry. Out of it. I'm in a hurry. Go... I'll get the rest of my money, my friend. The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0 meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.